0: We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori.
1: And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real-life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our
0: eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So
1: we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Well, Lori it is wonderful to podcast today yeah together. for sure it's been a little while it has been a little while and so we are ready to dive in and as we've been thinking about the topics for today's podcast there's a story i've been studying in the bible and just reading through not doing a super in-depth study but just allowing it to be a devotional study where god is speaking to my spirit as i'm looking at the landscape of the church looking at as we're entering rebuilding and just really praying into it for discernment and wisdom and a vision to see what we don't see in the natural, but say, God, what do you see? Give me the eyes to see what is happening. And I've just been, I felt really to go through Gideon and uh, Nehemiah, those are some of the two I've been kind of flip-flopping, and Ezekiel. So if those are the three I feel like, those are all kind of tying in for me devotionally as I'm looking at this next year. But Gideon is a fascinating story found in Judges, and he really is an unexpected leader that rises up. And what I love about Gideon, I feel like it's relatable. Because so many of us read the Bible and it just feels like I don't know, some of these characters, they just seem so almost like not real. Bigger than life characters. I don't know. Totally like like a David, (laughs) you know, plucked out of obscurity with
0: all of these great talents, anointed by God, called with this favor on his life, right? These like grandiose people. Like who are those people? Like I definitely am not.
1: know like so gifted so yeah. like the, just the leadership yeah. and the power that they come yeah. with and the strength whereas
0: Gideon was like hiding behind the baggage
1: hiding behind <laughs> the bag like no
0: not me I am the lowest of the low and he's hiding out We're in a place where he's not supposed to be just like afraid and you know oh man we can so much more relate to Please, Lord, don't, no, don't pick me.
1: Don't pick me. (laughs) Exactly. And it's like the Lord came to him. It wasn't even like Gideon had him set himself up or had put himself out there to be used by God in this way. God finds him with a destiny and a purpose that was way bigger than Gideon could ever have done on his own. And I love that when the Lord addresses him, he's literally comes and finds Gideon, who it says is hiding in the grain press. Like, he's hiding. And they've been a very oppressed. It's a terrible time for the Israelites. And they are literally overcome. And he, there's Midianites that have taken over. And God finds Gideon because God has a plan. And he speaks to Gideon and says to him, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. This guy is hiding. And I know we've heard this story, but it just really hit me. I was on holidays, and I was just sitting at a beautiful lake at a cottage, looking out, and I just thought, you know, that's the truth of what God saw him did did Gideon see that in himself no and he even responds to God uh, almost like who are you talking to me like I am the weakest in my clan and our clan and I'm the lowest in the family not only am I from the weakest clan to be used here I'm the lowest in the family like I'm a nobody like my clan is the weakest and then on top of that in my family I'm not even recognized but God calls him mighty hero and I just love the vision and the, the how God sees Gideon. God wasn't looking at Gideon in that moment, in the wine press. He was seeing him as a mighty, victorious hero in Israel. Yeah. He had already seen what he was going to make. Is what he was going to how he's going to use Gideon. And one of my favorite
0: things about the character and nature of God is he does love to pluck people out of a place of obscurity and do something through them that they could never accomplish on their own. He just, he just loves to show himself, to reveal himself in that way. But the one thing I'm amazed at with Gideon, and you know, as you progress through the story, you see, yeah, he was afraid, he questioned God, he needed some signs, he put out the fleece, all of those things, but. He still did, in all of that fear, he believe, he did believe God. Yes. He did believe and trust, like even with the doubts, even with all of that. And so I do think it goes to show us that, you know, when God puts something on our heart, when he calls us, when he kind of plucks us out of a place of, you know... A, where we do not see ourselves the way that God sees us and he begins to speak that identity over us, it does take us the courage to respond and say, okay, God, I'm I'm going to choose to believe what you're saying. Not, I may not see myself that way. I may not recognize that, you know, I have in myself, the ability to accomplish what you've placed before me, this task or this. And sometimes again, these are big things. Sometimes these are really, really small things. It doesn't matter. But what I do is I have enough trust to believe that you are who you say you are. So I will take the step. And that's like, I think that is a powerful part of what I see in the life of Gideon. And that is so relatable to every single one of us that even from a place of fear and from a place of doubt, we can still put our trust and our faith in who God is to step into what it is that he's asking us to do in any given moment, again, small or big. I love that because
1: all through scripture, we do see that like God, man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. Even we talked quickly about David. His father didn't even think to bring him in from the field. When Samuel came saying, there's a king among you, I'm about to anoint. He doesn't even think to bring like little David out in the field. He's this little shepherd boy, the baby, not even important, the nobody. You think of Mary who gave birth to Jesus. You think of so many, even the fishermen, when Jesus called the, the disciples, They were nobodies. They were fishing. They weren't even educated. God looks for the heart because he knows who will be able to carry the vision to give him the glory, not taking on. And we also see characters in the Bible that took on the the power and the actual the pride of life took hold and that's a warning too yeah because it Samson, exactly yeah that, Saul, that was not a good story <laughs> no, it did not that was end not well. a good end no it did not end well and that's the thing like it's not saying god only uses like if you've got leadership or gifting that doesn't say god's not going to use you and use your gifts and your strengths and where but it really comes down to the posture of heart because all of that is god's all of it is for him and what god can do with us we can never do on our own through the spirit of God absolutely Even when he called Gideon he said Gideon like I love this he says I'm going to be with you and he says this in chapter 6 verses 16 I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man like he's saying even you in your greatest strength it's God he's like I'm with you it'll be like one little man he's just going to pluck him out and take over so it really is about the posture of a heart. love that you address that because it's about humility, about saying, "God, all I have is yours, all I am of yours, and even my emotions and my fear, I choose to say yes and to trust you." And the courage, and as we you said, the progression, we look through the progression, and really, what Gideon had going into this battle—if anyone could say, "God, this is this is not going to work," I think Gideon would have had all the rights. It was it's a crazy story it's a crazy crazy (laughs) story and i think sometimes
0: like sometimes you know we can identify with being the person who doesn't have any talents like gideon you know i'm the least in my family like i am the last person you should choose to do this but what if you are a person who has like a really incredible talent maybe you were gifted or given a strength or a talent i actually think there's another side of this conversation um will continue in the story of gideon but just that there's this discipline to be able to lay down even the natural abilities or god-given talents or skills you see people all throughout society that just stand out but to be able to lay that down and let god's glory come through your life, allow him to be glorified through that instead of you. Like we want the glory we do. And if we have a talent, I think sometimes it's actually even harder to live out a story like this, letting God have the the glory or letting God do what only God can do, not just relying on the gift or the talent or the skill that you have. So again, like I can kind of identify with um, Gideon in the sense that like I always felt throughout my life, like I never really had any really special talent that I could offer the world. And so I really needed God to, to, <laughs> to do something in order to be able to step into the fullness of my destiny and purpose. But you grew up with a, a skill that like the world really, really valued. So can you relate to even that idea of having to even lay down this gift that people admired in order to, for God's glory, to kind of shine through in the midst of that gift?
1: of course and that's the thing like all of it is God's and there's a journey in that there's a journey in stepping in when you don't feel qualified and there's a journey in the pride of saying God I this is all yours and if you don't use it it's not mine and actually this is eternal gift Wow. so maybe in heaven there'll be a different plan for it so if this is to lay it down it's only for a season but for the gospel, those are journeys we all have to come to. Yeah. Even stepping up sometimes. I know for my one daughter, it's interesting we're talking about this because there was an opportunity she had to share publicly. She would rather like the ground open up and swell. Like the nerves, she literally gets really worked up. Now, if you see her, she'll step in. She's nervous, but she'll step into it and will articulate herself very well but will not have slept for about three or four days. It's just not her natural. And one day I just was, she was talking about an opportunity and she's like, I really don't want to do it. Like I, mom, I, this is not me. I like to be in the background. I love being with kids. I don't really want to be in the front. And I just said to her, what if this is part of you being bold to share the gospel? What if this moment of you stepping in to share your testimony or to share a scripture and to encourage as heart, and it was for a prayer night, it wasn't, but the nerves for her to be able to share publicly. I just said, what if this is part of your gospel message that you step into a place of extreme discomfort where you feel this is too big for me or I'm so nervous, but to say this is my little cost right now to share the gospel and who knows who you're going to impact. And she did, and I was so proud of her. And for others, it could be like, what if my way of sharing the gospel is laying down and making room for others oh my goodness and building others especially
0: if you are good at something or you have a very specific skill to offer but are we willing to lay it down, to literally say, lay yeah, it down before i'm going to mentor
1: or take a step or back or say lord yeah. how do you exactly. want to use this how absolutely. do you want to be glorified in my life absolutely take that step back to ask that instead of just always saying well i'll do it i can do this or sometimes you don't do things because you feel like it's not Perfect enough or you're resourced enough versus just being obedient. And when I think of even revivals in the past, they weren't done with the most eloquent speakers, the best like performances. God used those that were willing. Yes, he used those that had natural abilities. But if you look at some of the ways they started in the most humble beginnings, God just moved in the most unexpected times in services that weren't mostly produced. He just showed up at a little tent meeting. He showed up at a prayer meeting. He showed up because there were hungry hearts. And then he used the strengths, the gifts, and he also breathed life into people to step into places they couldn't have. So that's what I think Gideon is a beautiful reminder of that those of you that are listening, like you've even shared, Lord, that may think, oh, I don't really have anything to offer. Or I look around me and I see all these leaders or I see people that are just naturally able to do these things and I don't feel... God shows us there's Gideon's, there's Deborah's who were willing to step in. There were the Davids, but there were lots of the John's and, you know, the Peter's that just kind of stepped in and became Something that they never saw in themselves. But Gideon, God said, Oh mighty man of valor or hero. He saw that because he saw the posture of heart. Now, as we've been reading this, as we've been talking a about the story, this is how it starts. He's hiding. God finds him, speaks to him through an angel and says, this is what I see in you. This mighty man of valor, I'm going to use you. I'm with you. And anyway, Gideon responds each step of the way and puts a call out to the Israelites to say, we're going to go take the Midianites out. We're going to go take them out. This is like, crazy in their time like uh, this is under oppression <laughs> under
0: severe oppression Yeah. And now they're gonna rise up. They're gonna get a group of people. Yeah. Calls a call
1: to all the warriors. All the warriors. And like Gideon's putting all these signs out first because he's like, this is crazy. Like we're paraphrasing here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he actually puts out fleeces because he's He's almost like like, are you sure? Yeah. I'm gonna (laughs) be seen as crazy. Yeah. So he puts it out and then he sends as God responds, he sends out messengers for actually, but before that, he asked for signs. But then I love this line. It says, Then the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power oh Lord with your spirit Mm. fill us and clothe us with your power Mm. so Gideon right here begins to rise in a way that is supernatural Wow! there is an empowering over Gideon he is clothed in the power of God and that is really profound because even in the Old Testament
0: right the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out the way that it did after Jesus died and rose and the book of Acts and the Holy Spirit was poured out but this is exactly the same as what the Holy Spirit wants to do for us, mm-hmm. too, that we would mm-hmm. be clothed in the power that comes from the Holy Spirit of God, not our own, not our own strength, not what we have to bring to the table, but the supernatural empowerment of the Spirit. That's what's happening to him mm. in this. I love that. I know.
1: I love that. He was clothed with the power, yes. the power of God. So then he blew a ram's horn as a call to arms. And all the men come forward and he sends out messengers throughout the tribes and he summons the warriors. Oh I love that. Just even that sound, that picture—it's like a movie. You know, you see all these. Mighty <laughs> Do you see wars. yourself? Are you showing up, Rhonda Oh, I'm showing up. <laughs> I believe in my spirit. I'm showing up. Like honestly, that—that that would be my heart that I would. <sighs> but honestly, he summons the words and they all respond. So you can see here, there's a supernatural yes. transformation. Like you're starting with Gideon, who's a nobody. And they obviously there's a supernatural there's call a that resonation
0: comes. something
1: has the lord's
0: prepared
1: obviously Absolutely. for this he, they just needed someone to call that's they right they just needed someone to call that's them that's it and the fact that he was already like clothed in the power of god right there is a supernatural anointing that comes on gideon right. and there is a call and there's a supernatural response to that so all of them come forward all the warriors respond now this i think is beautiful because this is exactly what god is saying he's not just a respecter of like partial. There's no partiality with God. Absolutely. There is a call for all of us to respond. Yes, does he call out certain leaders? Absolutely. At certain times to lead, to be the forerunning of of course. But all of us are part of what God has in mind. It's not just a select few. So this call comes out to all of them and they all respond. That's an important line. They all of them responded. So it's us to us, it's up to us to respond. However, we then move through how God begins to sift the posture of heart, and actually what is needed for the season and for the victory to come. And this is a funny story because I was reading this story and I'm sitting with my dogs and I've just been, I do my devotions downstairs and I was just, I started the book at the cottage and I had come back for my second part of the holidays and I'm still going through Gideon. And I'm just journaling. <laughs> I had just fed my dogs and I'm looking down. I actually started giggling Because I've got two dogs that are very different. I've got one dog, my male dog is like a Hoover. He eats everything like a vacuum cleaner. We should have called him a vacuum cleaner name. He eats (laughs) everything, he inhales it in one breath. And it's, we had to get him a special bowl with the kibbles that roll around because he literally would inhale all the food. And then he would move to my other dog, my female's dog, and eat all her food. And she would let him. She would just (laughs) let him eat all her food. And she was losing weight, so we had to get, because he would eat all her food. So anyways, we got a special bowl so he wouldn't steal her food and it's all good but as i'm sitting there just watching them eat he's got his head in the bowl fully eating and she's literally eating and looking up eating and looking up and i'm thinking this is exactly what happens with the first sifting of the warriors they all get called into battle to come for battle there's a battle cry to come to take battle arms but then there's a sifting. And the first one, though, is about those who are timid or afraid. Right. That want to go home. Yes. So that's the first one. So 32,000 respond. That's pretty awesome. That's unbelievable. I mean, I think what they had to defeat, that probably felt like nothing. Nothing, yeah. But at the time, 32,000 respond. The first one is those who just wanted to go home were right, either afraid Right, because the Lord said, timid. there's too many. There's, there's too,
0: too For many. what I want to do, I don't want you to think it's... I don't want you to think this win is on you. I don't want you to think in any way that you somehow in your human effort and your human strength and your skill that you did this. So he's like, I need, this is too many people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So So he tells Gideon, like anybody who's afraid, anybody who is approaching with fear and trembling, anybody who wants to go home, tell them they can go home.
1: Exactly. So they go home and he loses 22,000. Yeah. Right away, so they came scared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. twenty-two thousand go home because they were afraid and trembling, and wanted to, and they were timid, so they went home. Yeah. So, and and I mean,
0: I I don't know, I don't know. In this story, God wants to glorify Himself, so I don't want to pull the metaphor too far to make it say what it's not saying. But one of the things that we have to be aware of, I think, is that like fear is a tactic of the enemy to thwart what God wants to do in our lives. Now, in this case, God needed to sift. So I'm not necessarily saying that these people missed the call yes, of God yes, or yes. anything like yes. that. He had a he had an ordained yep. amount of people that he wanted Gideon to take into battle. And so there. he's doing something significant in this story, but I don't want... Do you know what I mean? I don't yes. want to say that it's always you've missed God. But fear is a way that the enemy robs us, that he robs us from stepping into the fullness of the purpose that God has for us. And it's one that uses all the time. And you can see, and you can probably see throughout your life, the times that you stepped back Mm -hmm. because of fear or the times that you stepped forward, even in fear. Totally. So it's not that fear is not going to be a part of it. It is. Fear is always going to show up, especially if you could fail, especially mm-hmm. if it's something you don't have the skill to do or you don't, you're unsure of yourself. Um, but you have two choices. You can step back in fear, or you can take a step forward in fear and put your faith in God over that fear in the midst of that fear mm-hmm. as you as you pursue. So that's so interesting that fear, was one of the things that sort of distinguished a group of people
1: from another group of people in this story it is so true and you know what? even in my translation it talks about being afraid and fear and timid timid is an interesting one too because it is fear but could also be like oh i'm not like it's not as a like out there as fear is but it could be like oh i'm just not sure that's not my thing or it could be any of those things but yeah we're not we're not trying to make the word say what it's not saying but we can take some of these things and think how many times in my life have i not responded or been a part of maybe something god had for me that maybe i chose not to because i was afraid or timid yeah or even where a space where you were invited
0: and just chose Mm -hmm. to stay back Yep. for whatever reason back. chose to like disqualify yourself in your mind disqualify yeah. yourself in who who you are in your identity like you were invited you were invited to a table you were invited to mm-hmm. be a part mm-hmm. of something you were mm-hmm. invited to a movement you were invited mm-hmm. to a space and sometimes it's even like simple things like hey do you want to help serve here do you want to be a part of this group do you want to be uh, that we get nervous or mm-hmm. timid mm-hmm. or unsure mm-hmm. and we just say like I want to, but no, mm-hmm. I'm going to choose comfort instead. Mm-hmm. And he sent them back to their comfort. Yeah. Back to their home and their family. And so it's just an interesting reflection on like it where is. and when we've done that. Yeah. Because there is discomfort in taking the step. We decide, mm, mm. no, I think I'm going to choose what I know. I'm going to mm-hmm. choose what's comfortable. I'm gonna. How many times have we missed out on something incredible (laughs) incredible in front of us you know so yeah yeah,
1: it's a great thing to reflect on it is it is because we can and we can also reflect on the opposite sides when we have done that we look back we think wow i wouldn't be where i am today had i said no to the things that were difficult or made me feel nervous or I lost sleep over how many times you take a step to do whatever's new and you don't sleep because you're so nervous but you just keep like saying your daughter yes. for four days for four days <laughs> did not sleep And I looked yeah. at her and said like that to me yeah. you have no idea who that impacted and you said yes you said yes and you didn't have to you could have easily been timid and taken a step back but you chose to lean in and so yeah. it was, that's those are those moments and so we can celebrate that however this was part of the sifting the second was when I was talking about the dogs it just reminded me of exactly that story of the urgency like my one dog's head was in and this story was about them drinking water. The second sifting was some of the remaining 10,000 went down to the stream and God told Gideon to watch the way they drank. So some of the men put their faces right into the water and drank from the stream and the others cupped the water and lapped it like a dog but they were their water like they were looking like it was like they were had the cup in their hands but they were still aware and urgent and those are the ones the Lord chose and it got brought from 10,000 to 300.
0: <laughs> I just think of these numbers in terms of like church, okay? So like if you think of you of leading a church of 10,000 and I feel that like this church, has happened. This has happened. <laughs> that church becomes a church of 300, you're like Now, a church of 300 is huge in a lot of contexts. I know many churches are 50 or 30 or 100. I'm not saying 300 is not not a lot, but if you had a church of 10,000, if you had a group and then it dwindled down to 300, you'd be like, oh, what a failure.
1: Yes, but (laughs) think about this season. And I feel like this is why, this is kind of bringing it home why we're talking about Gideon. I really feel like in this season, it's not like we're exactly not saying like if you're, we're not trying to disqualify anyone or make anyone feel condemned or, but it really is a call. There's a supernatural call right now that we're feeling and it can be very discouraging when you look and you look at what the church was and you see what's happening now, like even who's responding to live services, who's coming, who's engaging, who's on. And you are looking at that because that that's kind of your temperature as a pastor and a leader who's engaged online. Yes, but you, we don't know, Like it's not the personal engagement. So what you're kind of leveling out to is who's personally coming back? Who are we seeing? Who's responding? What does this look like? And I feel like it'd be really easy right now to be discouraged or to look at the the church and say, oh, wow, like this is such a hard time for the church. What could God do? Well, when I look at Gideon, Gideon saying, like God was saying, I'm going to do something that had you had the magnitude of numbers, you could have taken all the glory for yourself, but I'm going to do something with the church. And guess what? The whole of Israelites, those that even went home, those that they chose, they received the victory. They were partakers of the victory. But actually what God was doing in the forerunning and those that were willing to press through, it is incredible. They had victory. They actually went and defeated the Midianites. They defeated them with 300 from 32,000 that responded god used an army of 300 and so i just feel like in my spirit the lord is saying in this time don't look to the left to the right don't look to the numbers don't look to what you knew things to be follow my voice and respond to the call and like this time of Gideon respond and I feel like even those listening the fact that you're listening I feel like there is something that God is going to speak to you today about what is he calling you to do there is a call to respond it's not emotional these guys move through fear they move through I'm, th- I'm sure all of them in the time that they were a part of felt fear and timid but they move through it and God is saying like I see you I see the plans that I have. I want to be glorified in and through the church. I am not done with the Church of Canada. I am not done with what I want to do through revival. I am, have a plan and a purpose, but how are we going to respond? And I think even that part of responding, moving out of our fear and timidity to respond to God, what he's asking us to say yes to, and then that part of being urgent, that we're not just our faces in the stream, our face in the news media, our face in what's happening around us, our face in this world. But we literally have, we're, we know what's happening in the world, but our eyes are fixed somewhere else. We're urgent. We're aware. We're fixated on not just the world, but our eyes are up. Our eyes are looking. We're urgent. We're like, okay, God, what are you doing? Show me what's happening. Yes, I'm in the world, but I also want to bring a difference to the world. And I want to see what you're seeing. And I feel like that second part of the sifting is really critical because even as we've been talking in previous podcasts about the coming of the Lord, it wasn't really about when it was going to happen. It was like, what is a posture of heart, urgency, expectation that we are fixed on him? And I think that this little part of Gideon has been really speaking to me about like, as I'm a part of the world, as I'm here ministering, making a difference, Am I looking up to God? Am I urgent? Like realizing like I'm also in a spiritual warfare. Am I a warrior that's not just my face is in the stream, but I'm like, I'm aware that I'm in a fight here too. And I'm watching, I'm waiting, I'm watching, I'm alert. I'm waiting for the instructions. So, like all of this is really speaking to my heart right now in this landscape
0: that's a significant word and i i think there's a lot to pull from it and i think it does speak to the time but also just speaks to us personally about our hunger for god and what we're sensing and You know, a lot of people have been talking about, you know, a season where like a remnant, you know, a remnant will rise, a remnant of people will rise up. You know, I've heard words spoken like there's a group of people who are responding to the call of God in this season who are a part of a great ushering in of a great revival that is to come. There's lots of words that are being like that God is giving his church and his body to explain or to give in part, always in part, these little glimpses of what is to come. And, you know, we can't help you. And I talk about it often, this sense for revival, but yes. I love how you just said that everybody, all not, and not just all 32,000, there were millions of people children of Israel, they all got to experience the victory. Like they all benefited from what God did in this moment. It's just that it had to be, God had to get the glory for what was going to happen. And I think that's a little bit, even what it feels like in this season that there's partly the sifting is so that there's nothing of us left Mm -hmm. there's nothing of us left that we could say oh it was like the incredible systems that we had set in place that you know it it was this it was that oh we've labored in this or we've labored in that or it came from any human means at all and you know if you continue in the story and see how they defeated (laughs) the midians it was ridiculous oh it almost it's it's like a joke it yeah. sounds like absolute chaos but again it's not that god wants it to seem like we're making a fool of you know god or faith or obedience or anything like that but it is unexpected ways in unexpected times in unexpected places with unexpected people like we can't figure this out. It has to be supernatural. And God, just, God wants us to be a part of that story. And I think, you know, the thing that's happening right now in the world and, and in the church and in the bride, like the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, is there is this sifting season of where there's a choice. There's choices being made every day, but there is also this call to stand firm in the midst of Mm. all that is coming, to hold fast, to Mm. hold on to what you know is true. And so you, you can see all of this kind of shaking Mm -hmm. and sifting and turning and, and some are falling away and there may even be more. There may even be more that will Mm. fall away before. a great harvest comes. But there is, I just love the grace of God in this story that everyone, everyone benefits. When God pours out his presence, when God moves in a supernatural, miraculous way, everyone, no matter where you were on that spectrum, whether you went home, whether you were the one who had your face in the water and you were just drinking that water that way and just drinking of all of the things of the world and getting all caught up in all of that, like everyone got to benefit from the victory because the victory wasn't mm. from human terms. It was God's, always God's, and everyone benefits when God is glorified. So that's there's a lot to pull
1: from that, and that is so powerful and beautiful. I love that. I know. I love that. And when you look at even forgetting all through scripture, yes, God did that for them, but he also did that for their children's children to preserve the nation of Israel. And so, even as we're crying out for revival, we keep saying this: it's not just for us. Yes, do I want to experience it? But perhaps part of our revival is praying and ushering it in. I'm gonna. I said I was joking with the worship team yesterday because we were always praying for revival. I said I probably be that 85, 90 year old lady in the church. I was like, I believe it. I'm going to see revival. Like all to my last breath i am going to be believing and declaring revival and speaking it into existence now would i love to see it absolutely but i want our children's children to experience the presence of god the manifest presence of god because this is what god did here and supernaturally he preserved we have the nation of israel today we see that god had an unfolding plan that he knows revelation like he started this whole journey he's He is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Like it doesn't matter what politics, what parties in charge, what is happening on the landscape. The Lord will, he has, and he will build his church. The gates of hell will not prevail. And we see in Revelation, it will never prevail. And there is still a church standing at the end in Revelation. Like there will be a church. This is not the end. We are not going to this you know, it's not disintegrating. God has a plan. And so but as we're crying this out, even for Gideon in his time, it was for his children's children. that victory was to continually sustain them to say, they see the faithfulness of the Lord. These are the milestone landmarkers. And so I believe in this time and season. I'm believing that God is going to bring a revival like Gideon in this time, when there is a sifting, when it looks like the impossible, that God is going to be bring a revival for all to benefit. For all to come to receive in the fullness and the gracious love of God because our children's children need it. They need it as well. Like, and so Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's the God of the generations. And what he does today is not just for today, it's for the years to come to sustain his people. And so I'm believing for that.
0: Amen. 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 And you know what? Like, our heart cry for you would be to join us in the resolve to believe for that for this and the coming generations to just stand firm and stand resolved we have decided to follow Jesus no matter what mm-hmm. happens around us no matter what shifts around us but to hold fast to the truth that God is moving he will move he will be glorified and that revival will come so that the generations to come will know the faithfulness of God will know the faithfulness of God God is building his church God is doing it we <laughs> we don't have mm-hmm. to do it in fact what is our scripture for this year unless God there builds the nice. house <laughs> those who labor labor in vain we do it in vain God has to do it so we want to be participants we want to be a part of the 300 yes <laughs> for Jesus we want to be a part of the yes. 300 yes but if we're not we still get to benefit from the p- the outpouring of your glory on the earth. And so that is our heart's cry. Join us in that heart cry. Join us in that prayer. We can all be 80-year-olds together still <laughs> believing until our dying breath Yes, that God is so faithful and he will pour out his goodness. So my encouragement to you today is no matter what is in front of you, no matter what you see, no matter what circumstance, no matter what discouragement, no matter what struggles and trials you're walking through right now that you would hold fast just hold fast in the in the midst of it and decide that Jesus is your lord that you are going to follow him and and let him do what only he can do hold fast hold on he is with you just like he was with
1: Gideon he is with you so hold fast in this time and he is your king and he has clothed you with power he has called you and he sees your destiny. He doesn't just see who you are today. He sees who you. he has created you to be. And so may you fully, fully be assured that your king loves you. He has equipped you. He is with you. He's working on a plan, a purpose. He will not abandon you. He is your faithful father. And he is going to do something extraordinary in your time, in your situation, and in your season. So follow your king. He is fully fully trustworthy so god bless you and
0: remember he sees you and calls you mighty man mighty woman of valor sees you no matter what you feel that's what he sees that's what he speaks over you
1: well we love you we hope you're encouraged today have a great day thank you for joining us today on the awakening moments podcast we pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life and we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it
0: with your friends And remember, you are so loved by God and he is always with you.